I don't know how that was any less annoying than actually bringing an instrument out here playing it. Um, I mean, I could say several things, but they would all be insulting, I think. I, <laughs> so I won't. Uh, uh, may, may I really quick? Uh, it didn't involve 45 minutes of practicing three different things that I would actually get to play. True. So. Good point, good point. We were in, we were out. Uh, hey, this is three is the funniest number because it is Thursday night. Um, and that's, that means it's time for three is the funniest number. I am Jan. I'm Scott. I'm Ryan. You're back in the corner. Hey, and Chewbacca's here. <laughs> uh, tonight we have a very special guest uh, that I'm excited to have around this campfire. Uh, oh, by the way, this is another fireside chat, which is always very exciting. And and I and I have uh, I have listened back to some of the fireside chats. You can definitely hear the fire roaring the whole That's time. That's fantastic. It's awesome. Uh, our special guest is none other than the famous Joel Keefe. The famous Joel. So famous. Oops. I'm here. I'm I wish here. I had like um, a music board, like sound bed, so we could just do the applause. Like a sound effect for Joel, and I was gonna say, all Ryan just has to stand up in that chair, and all his keys will rattle. <laughs> Joel Keefe, oh, that was good. Theme song. Oh, that's good. But we missed it. Joel, is this your first time? No. I didn't think so. Ooh. Oh, that was very loud. <laughs> nice moves. Very. Um, so I was uh, cruising through uh, oddities because it's like the only news I actually feel like reading. Everything else is just depressing. Mm-hmm. And I found some depressing news. Um, does anyone want to guess the difference in price between a single page of a comic book that was made in 80, 1984, Spider-Man on it, and the cheapest house on the most expensive street in San Francisco. Wait, wait. Say that again. I, I want you to get... I want you to, to tell me... I the, think they're the same. The price difference between the cheapest house on uh, the, the most expensive s- street in San Francisco... Okay. ...and a single page sold at auction from a 1984 Spider-Man comic book. $112,000. Anyone else with guess? $1,000. Anyone else? $1 million. I said I thought they were the same. Okay. Uh, Joel is the closest. Without going over. Jesus. Um, and the Spider-Man co- comic was uh, $1.36 million more than the house. <sighs> well, that's good. Well, because the house what? was $2 million. <laughs> One page, you don't even know what the story is with yeah. one page. And um, the, the craziest thing is that the, um, the page, the, the 1984 was when Spider-Man uh, artists were really lazy and they gave him the black outfit. Okay. Where it's just eyes, a spider chest, and like the black outline of a Spider-Man character with maybe a little bit of muscular tone. Not, not a lot. Okay. So that means that, that was when Spider-Man was at its laziest. 
expensive? So like, what are you what are you paying for at that point? It's not the, like amazing art or anything. The rarity of that. Mm. Like how long did that live? I mean, people are paying millions of dollars for NFTs right now, so I don't know what that is. Non fungible tokens. Mm-hmm. Like an artist creates an image and guarantees the buyer that they are the authentic owner of the original image. Well, that sounds like a racket. It is. How do I get in on that? I just start drawing shit and yep. selling it to It's got to be digital, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you lost me. Yeah, you just take one of your Frankenstein fucking shits and hit it on a scanner. Done deal. You know what I've thought about with my Frankenstein? Your I Frankenstein really fucking fine. shits? Uh, my Frankenstein fucking shits? Uh, Frankenstein, so he's wearing the billboard. I think I want to go over it with dry erase paint so you can always change what his board says depending on the mood that. Ooh, that's fun. That'd be that cool. Fun. We have chalkboard paint. Ooh, that could be fun too. That'd be cool. It gets messy though. Oh, yeah. It's it messy. And if you use like a really high quality, high gloss lacquer, it's like dry erase. Nice. I did not know that. Russell, did you know that? Yeah. You know, when I first did Frankenstein, I was going to have his billboard say, Fire Bad. Um, and then Claire came up with the clever, actually, that's my father's name. Claire won that round. Ooh, but nice. I also think him wearing a billboard that says, Fire Bad, is funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the rest of the comic book? <laughs> it is unclear. That is a really good question. A lot more pages, I'm guessing, yeah, that was, were worth millions of dollars. You, you don't know what the story is. Yeah, so if one page was $3.6 million. 3.36. Yeah. How many pages are in a regular, like... I don't know, like 20, 25, 30, like, yeah, some yeah, even number. For some reason, I picked 26 in my mind earlier. That sounds right. Jeff Bezos uses the rest of that comic book to wipe his ass. The other crazy thing is yeah, that he just uses the American population. Sorry. There were other people willing to pay other than over three million dollars than the person who won that. Because it was at an auction. People were going. I just imagine it starting off. Hey, Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Because the the last most expensive mm-hmm. comic page was three hundred or in the six hundred thousand range. Now, do we know who bought it? No. I, well, I don't. I didn't read that far into it. I just saw those two numbers and was like, man, I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> my, co- my comic books aren't worth that much. <laughs> we'll start ripping the pages out and yeah, sell them one by one, you know, and, like, you I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right. Yeah, you weren't paying attention to the important part of that. Story. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should take all of my old comic books, artfully slice them out, frame them, and sell them. Like, what's one page mm-hmm. out of a Farsight mm-hmm. book go for? Ooh. Ooh, I have one of those far side books somewhere. It's on your toilet. <laughs> no. That's where they live. That's where they live no, always. It's it's like a it's like a, a, a special one that actually has one of every far side ever created. Oh wow. And it's it was like numbered and it was autographed it's by so, uh, oh, Gary not on your toilet. It's still that weird shape, except hella thick. No, it looks like a, a tome that has like some sort of like magic. Uh, spells in it. It's huge. It's like, what, what is that, like, five, four or five inches? Five inches? Oh, yeah, we're going to call it four to five inches. Yeah. And leather bound, oh. I think. God, it's, I loved Farside, man. That shit. That had my funny bone, man. I'm guessing the Spider Man buyer 
probably has it multiple went. pages already. <laughs> he called it Spider-Man. Okay, alright. He uh, called it Spider-Man. Because, cause, you know, he's a good Jewish boy. It's, it's Peter Spider-Man. <laughs> it's Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> it's pronounced Spider-Man. 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 My favorite far side. Uh, to this day, and I've read them all, um, it's a car of cows driving down this country road. It's like this whole family of cars, and the one kid cow is hanging his head out of the side of the car, and there's people grazing Look in the field, people. and he's going, yakety, 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 <laughs> instead, of, instead of moving, he's like doing people talk out the car, that shit uh, is so funny. <laughs> Yakety, yakety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, instead of like. Shit fucking kills me, that Gary Larson. <laughs> yeah, I remember laughing a lot, and I had a favorite at some point, and now I can't remember, but this is like kind of spurring me to be like, I need to go down a far side rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think when I got that book, it came with. A really large print that was framed Ooh. that I used to have up in my bathroom, of course. <laughs> so you could always be pooping and just see it. <laughs> and go, <laughs> I used to also love Ziggy, man. Like, I yeah, was I was comics. just thinking, like, man, Ziggy and Farside were like, yeah, hand in hand for me. My favorite Ziggy. <laughs> Ziggy looked super rough, and all it said was. Turns out the light at the end of the tunnel was a train. <laughs> <laughs> That's just raw comedy. Right there. That's a line I use regularly about like, well, when I got to the weekend and it turns out I still have hella work to do. I think we could say that could be used about COVID right now. Mm. Sorry to really bring it down. I love how there's so many comedians who said virtually the same thing about COVID, like it being like either a bad book or a bad movie that you were not expecting a sequel to and they made a sequel. <laughs> Man. Well, like the fact that M. Night Shyamalan is still making movies. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Or that fucking oh, one guy. Night we were talking about him yesterday. James Patterson. Yes. Alex Cross. <laughs> I read one of those books and was like, there's more? <laughs> Hello, like, like, Along Came a Spider and all that shit turn into good movies. But, like, goddamn, dude, like, maybe Pumpy Breaks a little bit? I have never read any of his books and have no opinions about them, but the commercials. Mm. The commercials are good. They're like the Dianetics commercial. They upset me. Like, as long as he doesn't go the road of the My Pillow guy, I'll, I'll let him be. <laughs> I do wonder why do no other authors have commercials? Because... Like, books don't have commercials. What's the deal? Most authors are in it for, like, making a good book and not just making a shitload of money. Uh, No, there's plenty of authors who are just trying to make a shit ton of money. Fair enough. (laughs) I just wonder why book commercials aren't a thing, generally speaking. I feel like maybe James Patterson's agent is also a sports agent. <laughs> or James Patterson is in hell of debt. No. He's trying to write his way out of it. Oh, he's kind of no. like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the guy who bought the dinosaur head and then was broke? 
Nick Cage. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage. I was gonna say. Nick I am James very Madison. upset that you called him Nick Cage. That's <laughs> deeply upsetting to me. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, me and Nick, we go way back. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe uh, James Patterson bought that Spider-Man page and has to find a way to pay it off. Mm. I don't is it, get. He's addicted to auctions. I don't get book commercials, so I think maybe you get them because you read books. No, they're like on Radios. on actual TV. Hey! Oh, TV. Yeah. And radio. And radio. I'm James Patterson, and you need to read this book. No, I fucking don't. I remember in the 80s, the Dianetics commercial being on TV and me being like, that looks like that must be one heck of a book. <laughs> I feel like I've seen a Stephen King book commercial. Yeah, I feel but like I've... he wasn't in it trying to sell the book. It was just like a commercial made, and it was like, and then the book rolled onto the screen. It was like this book, blah blah. You went on with your yeah, because because uh, um, Stephen King was too busy writing another book, mm. and just like pounding him out, not even caring what he was writing half the now, time. I wonder. Because none of us are at home during the day, and none of us watch regular TV for them, like, you know what I mean, like cable TV mm-hmm. and shit. I wonder if, like, during daytime talk shows, there's a huge amount of book commercials. Or, like, or like during uh, um, Judge Judy. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is she still a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's still, like, the hardest working woman in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's still around. <laughs> Making millions of dollars. I don't know shit. if she's the... Oh, probably the hardest working woman. I was thinking hardest working lawyer. And She's like, a judge. There are warrior, well, I mean, you had to be a lawyer before you became a judge. Yeah, but once you become a, a judge, you're no longer a lawyer. Or are you? I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you've, you've, like, you've gone beyond. I feel like if you did something that would get you disbarred... <laughs> well, if, you, if you're disbarred, you can't be a lawyer either. Right. That's what I'm saying, like... What's happening right now? <laughs> there are people on the sidewalk. Let's see. Uh, you guys, J- Johnny Cash has joined the Spireside chat. Mm-hmm. She's late for the song. That would have been great for the intro song. That she's, nutty dog. She's got to work on her time. She doesn't have great rhythm. No. She's on the guard. She's like, your photo. Can I do this? Can I say that? <laughs> Avant bark. She's a yes, avant bark dog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go a side note really quick because Joel and I just did something uh, this past weekend that was super awesome. We went and saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in San Francisco, and I've never seen anything like it on stage. The effects were just mind blowing. Cursed. 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 Which is it? Is it cursed or cursed? Cursed. I feel like I don't know. My heart says cursed. Is it theater or theatre? <laughs> How do you spell theatre? Theatre at the theatre. Yeah, but um, the British spell everything that's supposed to be E-R-R-E. Oh, is it cursed like in Britain? I think so. Then it's cursed, like philosopher's stone. Wait, what do you mean, like Philosopher's Stone? I need. I, do you pronounce I need Philosopher JK differently? Rowling to say it out loud to me. There you go. <laughs> so I know what she 
meant to say. It's pronounced chicken. Yeah. No, but it was really, really, really good. I thought you didn't like it because of the time travel situation. We were skeptical okay. about the time travel. And it's it's confusing, but more so than the story, the effects blew my mind. Mm. The story gets a little convoluted because they're moving around so fast with the with the time. But also I had had a lot to drink, and so I wasn't going to follow time travel very smoothly. And you had not been drinking the rest of January. Exactly. Is it, like, based on Harry Potter stories? It's, it <laughs> takes place, like, it takes place... The play starts where the last movie ends, so it's just a carry-on. Harry Potter is a character in the play. Mm-hmm. Hermione is I in see. the play. He's like, like a lame dad. Yeah. Harry Potter's a lame dad. So it's, like, after all the Harry Potter movies? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But Harry Potter is... Uh, like his son is going to Hogwarts. Got it. And so all the characters' kids are Hogwarts. I see. Harry Potter's just a miserable drunk at home. You go to magic school? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> kind of. That's God. the off-Broadway version. When I was your age, I could cast a spell so good. I could cast a spell taking shit, you little moron. Wow. God, there's a there's a, a heated conversation between he and his son, and his son is just like, sometimes I wish I wasn't your son, because he had to follow in the footsteps of Harry Potter, and Harry Potter yells at the kid going, sometimes I wish you weren't my son. Oh. <laughs> and I don't think you're supposed to do. say that to your kids. Everybody that's in the crowd is like, this is drama. Yeah. Yeah, this Harry Potter a, was like, you're a little turd, bro. Yeah. I mean, I think you can call your kid a little turd, but I don't think you say, I wish you weren't my kid. That's over, like, over the line. Like if I had a kid, I'd say that weekly. To their face? And this oh, is yeah. why you don't have a kid. It's important to beat children down. Do you Negative say, reinforcement is very important. What do you say to Donna? I love you very much. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to Tony C? Why are you faking that lip, buddy? I know you can run. <laughs> He's faking it. Wow. Walk it off. Tony. I didn't know he was faking it. I saw it the other night. I was like, little buddy. It's when he lays down for a long time. I wanted to get You know, his sleep. leg goes to sleep. He's like a little sleep, and then we yeah. worry about him for a little bit, and then you look out in the backyard, and he's just running around. Like, that little shit. <laughs> like, I can see. <laughs> yeah, do you remember me? You said had it down there, you fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> And Donna's just right in your fucking face the whole time. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Hitting you with that tail so hard. I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Donna's just practicing to be a dominatrix when she gets older. (laughs) I think next time I take her to the vet, I'm going to be like, can you clip her toenails and just get rid of that tail? It's it's a little painful, the tail. (laughs) She really gets you. She does. It's because she's a wet noodle. She never stops doing that. Her whole body. She doesn't wag her tail. She fucking serpentines all the time. <laughs> I don't know why that scene from um, the night before came to mind with the wobbity wobbity wobbity, but she just embodies that sound really fast. I've never seen that movie. Uh, I know. What you really need to fucking watch it. Have we talked about it on the podcast? Because yes. this season we decided it was the best Christmas movie ever to be made. Mm-hmm. Which one? And we watched it several times. Yeah. It's called The Night Before. Oh. Son of a bitch. I find it hard to believe that there's a Christmas movie better than Ernest Saves Christmas. (laughs) (gasps) Ernest did so many movies. Oh, man, he 
did a lot. Ernest did a lot. Cash cow. He went. He went to camp. He went to jail. Ross oh. was busy. He was the worst. <laughs> you didn't like Ernest? No. 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 I liked Ernest. You I did? Ernest. I, I, didn't Ernest. I, I didn't. I, I wasn't getting what I said. That, that movie fucking cracks me. Oh, yeah. It saves Christmas. Was Ernest played by Ted Murray? Um, no, he was played by. Um, Ernest. Oh, man. A real man named Ernest. Hemingway. Played, I forget his name. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like, he's like he's a Shakespearean trained actor and like has done Shakespeare. Like Ron Jeremy. And done uh, <laughs> Well like that dude that was Bird's best friend. Ernie? Ernie? No, that was terrible. That was terrible. Thanks. At least you saw it when I, when I was going. I did. I, I got the joke. Bugs lost it. It was played by Ernie. Mm-hmm. Like Bert and Ernie. Yeah, I'm not explaining. Ernest, Bert. Ernie. Ernest. Okay. Jim Farney. Jim Farney. Farney. Didn't he yeah, masturbate in a movie theater? That. No, that was, was Paul Rubens. Ah. Yeah. I don't even know his real name. But it was it Peter was Herman. a porn theater. Everyone was jacking off in that theater. So why, I don't understand why that was weird. Because he was famous. Okay. If you're nobody jerking off on a train, it's like, yeah, that dude was jerking off on a train. But if you're like Paul Rudd jerking off on a train, oh my god, Paul Rudd was jerking off on a train and Paul Rudd's career... But uh, I'm going to say train theater. and porn theater different They're things. different. No one should jerk off on the train. No one walks into a porno theater hoping for a good story. <laughs> also, why did they ever make porn theaters? Because Times Square, man. Because you couldn't watch porn at home. But you couldn't watch it on the big screen. Yeah. But now, with the internet, you it's can. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And now, with the size of TVs you can have at home... I gotta tell you, the stories haven't gotten any better. <laughs> I'm looking for special effects. I've heard they have. Magic. I, I we want magic. There was a magic. <laughs> 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 I want to see how Harry had that kid. <laughs> the how magic Harry is when the plumber actually is told to leave. It's like which kid? Quite the sound. I have to say that the Lagunitas IPNA, the non-alcoholic IPA, is delicious. Nice. Tastes just like a fucking Lagunitas IPA. I was wondering about that. Mm. Do they just make it in January? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think so. There's a whole collection of non-alcoholic beers um, out there in the world that Jan brought. Like this crazy fucking case. They're all delicious. Turns out they're all better than Heineken. <laughs> no way! No. I don't know. The Heineken is so gross. better than that Budweiser, yeah. but Heineken is gross. Heineken so it is just gross. tasted like a little more gross Heineken, which is just really gross. Mm-hmm. But, but it wasn't as gross as the Budweiser fucking clear box. Like, there's no color on it. It was just like, yeah, you, you, this is basically what we're giving you. We're giving you nothing. Yeah. It yeah. might taste like beer. We never know. And I, and I don't know if we, we mentioned this last week, 
but Budweiser is doing like the the Willy Wonka thing with the golden can for a million dollars. Not in the non-alcoholic. Not Which the Bud, seems like, rude. Just in regular yeah. Budweiser. And only in cans. And uh, no, no one has claimed the win yet, so... It's still out. the vague promise of a million dollars is not enough to make me buy a twelve pack of Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's lottery tickets. It's so much easier. And you, you could just, just have a lottery tickets. ticket, and not be stuck with shitty beer. I, I am, help, I am, however, a huge sucker for McDonald's Monopoly. Oh, I love McDonald's Monopoly. I gain thirty pounds every time McDonald's. Mm-hmm. No, not thirty pounds. I eat a lot of McDonald's. I, I think I stay the exact same way. But I just eat a crap ton of McDonald's and feel terrible for the entire time that McDonald's... I don't even around. hope for the money prize, because then that requires work. I hope to peel that back and get a free hash brown. Yes, free hash browns or fries are my favorite. <laughs> That's what I want. I used to, I used to work at, uh, you know, down in L.A. Um, with other people who were equally as infatuated with it. Mm. And I would just text them in the morning when I was on my way into work. I was like, hey, guys, go to McDonald's. Who wants stuff? And th- we would, they would just pile all the tickets in. I'd go in there, and the next morning I was like, we need three Egg McMuffins <laughs> for free. <laughs> it's like you're just shuffling cards. Do you guys ever you see like that the documentary? Coupon lady at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see that uh, documentary about... The, the folks that fixed the oh, McDonald's Monopoly. Which is why they don't do it anymore, right? Man, that was a fascinating documentary. They had that down to science. It was they awesome. do fuck it up by being greedy. I mean, it always gets fucked up by somebody being greedy. Well, it was just the fact that Monopoly, or McDonald's is such a conglomerate that they realized that they could trace the winners back to a common source. Like, they were just like... All these people are remotely connected, and so yeah, they just figured it out. They, it was really awesome the way that he would sneak the fucking things out. He had a briefcase that was like handcuffed to his hand. He would go into the bathroom in the airport because there was always security with him. So he would go into a stall and then had this weird chemical compound that he would get into the briefcase that was a locked one that he didn't have the key for. Like, it was that secure, these winning tickets, because there was hella money involved. We'd figure out how to get in there, and then take the winning tickets and replace them with other winning tickets, blah, blah, blah. And then he would just pocket, like, the million-dollar ticket, the $200,000, and then sell them for $10,000 to a family member, and then they would win, like, two hundred grand. That's where he went wrong. Yeah. It was fascinating, though. Was that a highlighter article? No, that was the people who uh, played the lottery. This in and they like mm-hmm. got that convenience store mm-hmm. where they could only just like scratch tickets for hours. It was fascinating. There was was that the lady who um, won uh, the scratch jackpot five times in Texas? No, there was that woman. That was not the story on. Probably. She was like a she was like a math teacher who would drive across state lines or yeah. something like that and they had figured out some same kind of thing, mathematical fucking relation where like if you bought the roll at X number of places and spent like three thousand dollars, you could easily you could always win a million or plus. And they just kept doing it. But you but you had to figure out which roll. Mm-hmm. 
which, now, was, which is still mathematically complicated. Like the uh, McDonald's Monopoly, when I buy Scratchers, I'm not really looking to win money. I just like seeing that I win a free ticket. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get excited about that. Mainly because I've never, I've never won more than $5 off of a Scratcher in my life. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I know someone who won a million dollars off a Scratcher. Good shit. Yeah. There was one time I won probably five or six hundred dollars off of hundred dollar wins on Scratchers in like three weeks or something like that. Because I was like, there's a hot roll at this store. It's not real, but like, <laughs> turned out it was for that moment. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's me throwing money away. I never win anything off of those things. Except for free tickets. It's still fun. It's still fun. Indeed. Because the joy is scratching. Or mm -hmm. stress. That's also the joy of eczema, is the scratching. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very exciting thing to happen. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> Go do it! Short, man, shorts are coming up soon. i got to stop scratching my legs so much. Right? I gotta wear shorts one day this summer. <laughs> the way that I do. Five. That seems good. Or three. Like the funniest number. There you go. <laughs> well played. And well playing it still, we're gonna take a quick little break so we can figure out how to get Johnny Cash to kind of chill out. Yeah. And we'll be right back. So. We took two of them to come back from this little break, so we're just going to break out. Joel has a song that for I us. Did. Yep. It's a five-minute goodbye, five-minute goodbye. Abridged. I'm out of here, guys. Good night. Goodbye. Oh, God, you got to the bridge. You took us to the bridge so fast. Take it to the bridge. It's a 20-second goodbye. I love everybody out there. Uh, we'll do better next week. I got to get up too early tomorrow. We can't five. promise it, but we'll. I was like, that's it's a five a.m. wake up. <laughs> Good night, y'all. I'm caught on the tree. I'm not leaving. You're caught on the tree. You're caught on the tree. I'm like a scarecrow. Like a scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, people. <laughs> Bye, y'all.